You're listening to Simple Matters, a show about getting more out of life by simplifying and having less. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Simple Matters, a podcast about finding more through simplification and having less. My name is Shay Moran, and I started this podcast as really an outlet so that I could explore for myself how to bring more value to my life through simplifying not only my stuff, but all areas of my life. I'm hoping that with each episode of Simple Matters that we can explore one area of life that we can make matter more through simplification. Today, I'm going to be talking about the five ways that we can make conversations more meaningful. Now, this is an area that personally has been kind of a major pet peeve of mine for a while. And the reason is I feel like we just don't know how to have conversations anymore. I myself struggle with this, and I especially see it in younger generations, too, that we are so plugged into all of our technology and we're constantly thinking about other things and distractions and other social interests that aren't the ones that are in front of us that we really do not know how to carry a conversation past small talk. And I know that there have been many times that I've been talking with somebody and, you know, I talk about the weather or anything that is pretty much surface and meaningless. And then I'm like, well, I don't know what else to say. And my mind is already off thinking about, you know, notifications on my phone and the things I have to get done and not actually getting to know people. And so I think it it ends up contributing to feeling like I know a lot of people, but I don't actually know them. You know, we don't have any meaningful relationship. Friendships aren't very deep and we just don't know how to converse the way that we used to. So I had (laughs) gone and done a little bit of research and digging to see if there are any ways that we can change this. You know, what can we do, even if the other person isn't, you know, trying to carry on, what are, what can we do when we're talking to people that kind of delve deep, make conversations more meaningful and help us to really build a relationship with people and converse about things that matter. (laughs) So before I dive into the five ways of making conversations more meaningful, I would like to share something that I've been doing recently that I have found is really helpful for when I do go to apply some of these points that I'm going to share with you to a conversation. And the first thing is just get rid of distractions. This one's really hard. And I have been a hypocrite in this situation on many occasions. Uh, A lot of times I will get annoyed with people when I'm talking to them. And as soon as I start talking, they pick up their phone and they start scrolling through it and looking at it until I realized that I was doing the same exact thing. Somebody would be, you know, talking and I'd have my phone face up on the table and I would be glancing down at it. And when they would start to talk, I would pick it up and I'd start scrolling through stuff without even realizing it. It had become such a habit in my life. And I notice a lot of other people too, because we're all just very trained at this point to be tied in with our social media. And it's also become acceptable when we're talking to people. It's kind of an accepted norm. So as soon as I pick up my phone, I'm not talented enough to look at my phone, even to glance down on it and read a notification and to be retaining what the other person is saying. And of course, retaining what the other person is saying is a pretty vital part contributing to the conversation. 
and giving feedback and making a conversation more meaningful. Uh, so it's something that I'm, I'm having to be pretty strict with myself about, but I have found makes a, a big difference. So now the other day I was out to lunch with a friend and my phone, it goes in my pocket or it goes away in a bag or something. And I have to physically pull it out of my pocket um, in order to look at it. And even just that act makes it something that it brings it more from my subconscious into my conscious and helps me to notice that I'm doing this and that it's a habit as well as it also shows respect for the other person when they're talking and it sets a standard for the conversation, which is really helpful. And I find as well that even when the other person does it, you know, I definitely have friends that they'll do the same thing. They're, they're looking at their phone when I'm talking and it, and it annoys me a little bit, but if I'm not doing it partway through the conversation, they start to notice, you know, Hey, I'm the only one taking my phone out and looking at it. And it kind of calls out that behavior and If they want to keep doing that and keep looking at their phone, that's fine. But I know at least that I'm engaged in the conversation. And if I can be more engaged, a lot of times it will encourage the other person to be more engaged and to have to pay attention more and respond and contribute to the conversation. So that's one thing, as well as there's definitely times like I can't wear a watch that I have to look at my phone in order to see the time or I'm waiting for a text or something or a call. So if I have to say like, I'm expecting a call, excuse me from the conversation for a second, please hold on to that thought. It kind of gives that separate time where I'm I'm going, okay, I have a time limit to look at my phone. It's not something that I can just glance at. It also is a courtesy to the other person saying, Hey, I'm paying attention and I want to listen to what you're saying, but I have to, you know, pull myself out here for a second and then I will fully dedicate my attention back to the conversation. So whatever it is, if it's an Apple watch or a phone or whatever, try and turn it off or stash it away or something to break that habit. And clearly if you're on call or you have a job where you have to pay attention to your phone and you have to be ready uh, to get notifications and information, you know, you have to leave it where you can see it easily. But, you know, one thing is if you start the conversation and explain what's going on and be like, I'm going to try and be fully focused and then just try and pay attention when you get pulled away and distracted. Because if it is something that you have to pay attention to and you have to get called away, you know, you can definitely set up ways that you're going to notice when a notification pops up or when your phone rings. So anyway, I found that is very helpful and I would love to pass on that information in case it can also help apply the five ways of making a more meaningful conversation. Okay, so the first thing that comes up again and again when talking about conversing and getting to a deeper level uh, with conversations is of course ask questions, ask questions about the other person and especially open-ended questions. I think a lot of times we get a little fearful about going into conversations because we think that we have to provide all of the material, especially as an introvert, the idea of having to give personal information and share a lot uh, on my own and carry a conversation is something that kind of makes me shy away from conversations with people. Uh, But really, it's not about you, you know, think about, hey, what can I learn from this other person? And what can I help them to tell me about themselves? So open ended questions are awesome. You know, instead of just asking, you know, what did you do this weekend? And, and all of that, just be like, hey, you know, what did you do when you went out 
doing this thing. Any information that you can pull from either the last time you talked to them or something that you know about them and try and make it into an open-ended question where it's really hard for them to respond with just a one-word answer is really good and it's gonna help you to learn and keep the conversation going. So that is something really good. And so I think a lot of times that we we think about just waiting to talk, we think about what we have to respond with right away rather than listening and then using that to kind of springboard what we're gonna say. So if we can think about listening so that we can respond and continue with, you know, open-ended questions and learning more and kind of giving it back to the other person in the conversation. It not only helps us get deeper with what we're talking about, it continues, you know, kind of building that relationship with the other person. So that is the first point that though simple, uh, might not always be easy. I think it takes a good bit of practice to learn uh, to rephrase what we say and to think that way because we don't normally think about asking questions and what what the answer is going to be and what kind of answer the person can give us from what we ask. So ask questions, ask open-ended questions, number one. Uh, the second thing is just give a little bit extra in your response. So when somebody asks you a question, try and give them a hook. So kind of a, a lead in or a byline, you could call it, uh, to your own life. And even though you might not be comfortable with sharing a lot of personal information, if you can share even a tidbit about yourself or go into more details about something, it really helps springboard the conversation and also helps the other person find common ground with you. So that's something that's really helpful. Uh, instead of responding to how are you doing with fine or good, try and respond with, you know, why are you fine? Why are you good? Go into details. Be like, I'm good because this morning I got to go out and take a bike ride and I haven't been able to bike in a really long time. I'm getting back into it. I'm finding it's kind of hard, but it's really good. You know, something that you're you're giving them an opportunity to engage uh, with what you're what you're doing in your life. And so it's one thing that you offer just a little tidbit of personal information and they can either take it or they can leave it. You know, it's completely up to them. And if you keep doing that over and over again, kind of offering these little hooks to whatever your response is, a lot of times they'll eventually find something to latch onto. You know, they'll find common ground or something that also interests them or that they want to know a little bit more about um, in your own life. Uh, the one important thing, though, with this is just to avoid complaining or oversharing. Um, <laughs> a lot of times it's not necessary for you to share that you're not good because you have a strange rash uh, in an inopportune location somewhere on your body. Uh, unless you guys have recently been talking about weird skin conditions or they also have a weird rash that they told you about at some point and were looking for advice about probably don't need to share that information. It's probably something you can keep to yourself. Um, and complaining is a huge one. It's You can definitely talk about things you're struggling with in your life without complaining about them. And again, I think this is one of those retrain yourself situations. I definitely have fallen into the trap, especially with certain subjects where I'll complain. You know, people will be like, you know, oh, hey, how was this? You know, or, or what did you do here uh, when you went to this concert. And I'll be like, oh, well, it was really good, but you know, oh, I just don't have enough money to go out and 
go to dinner afterwards so I could only go to the concert, you know, and it comes off very much as complaining. And I think there's definitely ways that you can talk about issues you struggle with, but you can do it in a positive way or even asking the other person's advice about something. You know, if you can turn it to trying to glean stuff from their own knowledge or wisdom that they might have, you never know. They might be able to help you with whatever it is you're struggling with. You know, a lot of times, like instead of saying, oh, I couldn't go, you know, because of this, or I couldn't do this because I'm struggling with money. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I went to the concert and it was really, really good. Unfortunately, I couldn't, you know, go out afterwards. I just have a lot of trouble, you know, kind of finding more money to do that stuff. How do you go about affording things or managing your finances or budgeting for things like this? Do you have any tricks you could share with me? You know, and sometimes they might be like, no, you know, they don't want to share that it's too personal or whatever. Um, or they're, they just don't even want to deal with talking about things that are sometimes considered taboo. Uh, but it's one way that you can share things like that without complaining. Uh, complaining definitely brings it down. It makes it negative, And it also turns the conversation to being entirely about you, which is not the point. You know, conversations, I think, to be deep and to be meaningful, it needs to be a two-way exchange. So one of those things, again, you have to pay attention to and try and call yourself out for when you notice you're doing it. And, you know, sometimes I've definitely started to complain. I've been like, oh, sorry, that's just something that's been bugging me. And then I have to turn the conversation. I kind of like dig my way out of my complaining rut. So another thing as well uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with this idea is don't avoid debate. Uh, Just because a, a conversation might start to veer in an area that you might consider the subject to be kind of taboo and we we do live in a very politically correct society these days you can definitely talk about things that might be considered sort of you know awkward or uncomfortable and learn from them and create a healthy debate and healthy debate i think can really strengthen not only your own beliefs but it learns how you can accept others and not be afraid of going to a deeper level in a conversation if you know where you stand on something but you know how to talk about it without getting into a heated debate or an argument with somebody, that can be really, really good to not only strengthen your friendship, but for you to learn more about yourself and how you can, you know, contribute and express yourself. So don't be afraid of debates, Uh, you know, kind of search them out when you can. You know, if there's an area you know that the other person or yourself can't talk about without getting really heated, definitely strike those off the list of possible debate subjects. But if there's an area that you're like, okay, I know I could talk about this and I'm curious. I know that in the end we hold similar values in this area. It can be really helpful to finding a more meaningful conversation and building more meaningful relationships with people if we aren't afraid to go there and aren't afraid to debate a little. So something to keep in mind that could also possibly take some practice. And then number three is Be curious and ready to learn something. Uh, This goes well into the reasons to also participate in debating conversations, healthy debates with people. Uh, A lot of times we're afraid of getting into an area that we either disagree or we feel like we don't know anything. You know, we feel like we kind of can't contribute or we feel lost in a certain area. Again, if you keep asking questions and you know that somebody knows a lot about a certain subject, it kind of shows that, you know, you're willing to be vulnerable in the conversation so that you can learn more about them. And 
don't be afraid of asking questions about something that you know nothing about. Because a lot of times the other person is more than happy to talk about something that they're passionate about or they have an invested interest in. And it makes them feel like they really are contributing, you know, to the conversation and, and you never know, you might learn something. So <laughs> that's always really good. It not only helps you create that more meaningful level of conversation with the person you're talking to, but it also is going to help give you a base of knowledge and information that now you can draw from in the future. If you don't know anything about underwater welding and you start talking about it, you're like, okay, cool. Like now I know a little bit about it. And next time I talk to someone that either is into that or know something about that, I at least know that it happens underwater, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. So, and uh, this leads really well into our fourth thing, that if you don't know much about the other person and you don't know what they know, <laughs> uh, just ask about their passions, ask about their ideas. And so that's number four is ask and also try and respond, not with what you do, but with what you're passionate about and how you think about a certain thing or a certain subject. Fran Lebowitz has a great quote about this. Uh, she says, great people talk about ideas Average people talk about things, but small people talk about wine. So, I mean, maybe the person is really passionate about wine. Then the quote doesn't quite apply. But, <laughs> you know, if they're passionate about wine, you know nothing about it, dive right into it. But otherwise, uh, just don't ask them what they do or what their job title is. Try to ask them what they're passionate about or ask them what they think about something, how they, how they handle a certain problem or something like that. And that's going to help you to learn more about them, which is going to help you ask more open-ended questions, as well as being curious and, and learning more and asking about something you might not know about, uh, about them. So that's really good. Uh, personally, I, I can't stand it when people ask what I do or, or where I work. And it's probably the cynical side of me. <laughs> I always view when they ask me that as a way for them to gauge like where I stand socially or economically, or even just to compare me to themselves. And of course, this is ridiculous because I've done the same thing. I ask people, you know, where they work or what their job title is and stuff like that. Um, or what, the, what their major is at school. You know, that's a, that's a huge one that people ask, especially for a certain age bracket. Uh, but, you know, try and notice again, like when you do that and when people ask you that thing as well, you know, they're just a lot of times they're probably just trying to dive into a conversation and learn something about you from which they can start talking to you about, you know, and find common ground. So just avoid it whenever you're drumming up a conversation. Uh, try and respond to this question with what what it is that you are passionate about. And if they ask, you know, hey, where do you work? Be like, hey, I'm really passionate about this. Or I work here because it's helping me to take the next step in getting here with my career, which is what I'm passionate about. You know, so this is what, where my goals are and how I think about it. Uh, and it, it's definitely one of those things that is also a habit, I feel like, that can be difficult to break. One way that you can do this is asking people to give you stories as responses. And what I mean by this is rather than just asking how was their weekend, ask what their favorite thing they did over the weekend was, or what was the best part of their vacation. Something like that gives them the opportunity to share a story 
And it's kind of a safe space if they're sharing a story because they're not having to give a whole lot of personal information, but it also is giving you a little bit more to go on and allows you to respond with a story yourself. You know, they tell you about that awkward situation that they had when they were in the restaurant and they couldn't speak the language when they were in Spain. You know, you'd be like, oh, I had a similar situation or whatever. So stories are really good and sharing stories help to build more meaning into a conversation and help you to learn and kind of create a camaraderie with whoever you're talking to and try and respond the same way. If, uh, if someone asks, what do you do in your free time? Don't just say, I write, try and tell about it. Tell about something you're working on, tell me about a project or how you're contributing to whatever it is you do. Instead of being like, oh, I write, you can say, hey, I'm working on this piece. Right now, I'm writing about how to find more meaningful conversations or whatever it is. So that leads into number five. This is kind of a tricky one. Uh, don't be afraid of silence. Within the sound of silence. Silence is okay. A lot of times uh, we bail as soon as we sense that terrifying wall of silence headed towards us in a conversation uh, so we can just avoid the awkwardness of it. I think a lot of times we've been trained that silence is awkwardness. And unfortunately, when we bail, as soon as there's a silence in a conversation, it leads to us not being able to get to a deeper level because we only then can have these polite, empty surface conversations because a lot of times you have to kind of wade through these surface conversations to get to the deep end. So go ahead and allow that silence to set in a little bit. And the reason for it is that they've done a lot of psychology on how long it takes for somebody to process information that you're saying and how long it takes for you to process their information. And so really silence is a chance for you to process what they've said so that you can come up with a response or you can steer the conversation onwards into a new direction and helps you to transition things. It's fine if you experiment with this and you reach a point in the conversation and there's silence and the other person bails. It's, you know, we're, we all do that. But, you know, when you can try and wait through that silence and realize that it's really not awkwardness, both of you are able now to, to think about what was just said so that you can respond and further engage in learning about this person and contributing. Uh, the one thing is when you do get into, you know, a silent situation, don't always expect the other person to pull you out of the abyss of silence. Uh, try and be prepared. And this is going to take a little bit of homework, but try and keep up to date with news and relevant topics or try and remember what it was you talked about with that person last so that you can pull from it. You know, if you're headed into a social situation, try and think of, okay, who might I come in contact with? What have I talked with this person about? Or what do I know about this person? That if the conversation ends up leading into silence, I can steer it into that direction. I can ask more questions about this and learn a little bit more about them and kind of pull it out of the silence and continue it so I can learn more. And of course, all these things, you know, sometimes you just don't get on with somebody. Your personalities don't mesh and conversation is just difficult. You know, you're not going to be able to easily converse with everybody you meet and get to a deeper level and more meaning. But hopefully these five points are going to help you contribute just to conversations in general and with the, even with people that you've known for years and finding new things to talk about and continuing to find meaning and simplifying this mess of social interaction that we now kind of face with all of our distractions in life. 
and all the things that are constantly vying for our attention, being able to know how to converse and talk and find meaning is vital to our health, vital to our self-worth and our confidence and our ability to contribute and find purpose. So I'm just going to review our five points here real quick. Uh, The first one is ask questions, especially open-ended questions is really important. Number two is give a little bit extra on your responses. You know, try and provide that byline, that hook whenever you can so that you're also contributing and the other person has something to to find and, and learn more about you. Don't be afraid to give a little bit of personal information to say a few details. Also, number three, uh, be curious, be ready to learn stuff. Don't be afraid to ask questions about something that you know nothing about. Because a lot of times that can become the most fascinating part of a conversation when you learn from other people and their experiences and you learn something that you never knew anything about. I love it when people, you know, ask me questions, even if I know they know nothing about, you know, whatever it is they're asking me questions on, like I ride horses. And when I get someone that's genuinely curious and knows nothing about it, I don't look at their questions as being stupid. I think it's really cool because it gives me the opportunity to share and to educate them on something I'm very passionate about. So that's, it's always a great opportunity Uh, to give somebody is to just ask them questions and kind of help them teach you. And then you never know, they could be totally wrong about whatever it is that you ask them about. But now you have some information from which to pull next time that subject comes up. Uh, Number four was try and ask and respond with passions and ideas about whatever it is you're talking about. Try to avoid titles, try to avoid uh, definitions that put people in a box and try and respond with stories. Respond with stories, ask people for stories, try and ask questions that set people up to share more and give stories and share really what they're passionate about, what drives them and give them an opportunity to share their opinion and their ideas about stuff. Number five, don't be afraid of the silence. Don't be afraid of the awkward lull. If the other person feels awkward and they bail on a conversation, that's fine. You know, it happens. Uh, but you know that silence is a chance for you to process and a chance for you to respond so that you can make that conversation more meaningful. So these are the five points to finding more meaningful conversations. And hopefully they will help to simplify your life and simplify interactions and make all of our interactions with people go to a deeper level and and get more meaningful because a lot of times, I mean, that's the point. Seeing someone's posts and photos, it really is such a shallow definition of somebody. I think that very meaningful relationships and the best relationships in life are when you talk about the things that are hard to talk about and you share things together and you know more about them than just all of the highlights and the things that they want you to see on social media. So stay tuned. I will have a whole new episode next week where I will examine some part of life and try to simplify it. Thanks for listening. This has been Simple Matters with Shay Moran. Subscribe to this podcast to never miss a new episode. And if you want to listen to past episodes, follow my blog or get more info, just head on over to my website at mattersimply.com.